In today's video, we are here to yap about six of the rookie running backs coming into this class that I expect to be drafted probably day two, maybe early day three. Six of them, okay? I might not have hit on your favorite rookie running back in this class, but these are the six that I have really gone in depth with, watched all the film for, graded, rated, all that shit that people yell about during this time of the offseason. We've got the combine coming up in a few days, okay? So this weekend will be the combine. We will be hitting everything recap-wise, telling you why it's important and what happened at the event in the upcoming week. So stay tuned for that. Anyone I missed in this video, don't worry. We will yap about it next week. And what I'm going to be doing is pretty much going through the six running backs that i have graded watch whatever and giving them player comps some on the high end some on the mid end some on the flop you know the flop comp of them if they worst case scenario it out in real life uh giving my rankings as well as breaking them down into tiers about how i'm looking at this running back class and just like an overall perspective from it there is no day one type picks there is no of like the Najee Harris Travis Etienne's or the you know the real elite types of guys the Saquon's the Zeke's there's no one like that in this class most people have them projected to go in day two so I would say it's just as likely that we see a little bit of a run in round two maybe like the mid end part of round two as we see zero running backs in this class go in round two this will be a class that has a, in my opinion, I'm having a lot of fun watching them, to be honest with you. I don't think there's any like super high-end talents, but it would not surprise me if any of them ended up being high-end talents in the NFL, which is not something I normally say. I'm not someone to like mince my words when it comes to the rookie class. I think a lot of people are really, a lot of people in the fantasy space, a lot of people that like cover fantasy Twitter are really bad at evaluating rookies. If I feel like a class is terrible, I'm going to tell you that I think they're fucking terrible at these positions and here's why, etc. This class excites me a lot, not from like a pure prospect standpoint, what I think they can blossom into. This is a bit just like the wide receivers, man, where most of them are like 6'2", 210. We got a lot of alpha type beats coming into the league. With the running backs this year, we have a lot of similar dudes. Like we have a lot of 5'11", 215s. We have a lot of 6'1", 210. Like we have a lot of bigger backs that if they progress into what hopefully they can be, they will be workhorses at the next level. They're not there yet though. And that's why they're dropping into likely a round three run. I think it's one of those where like, we're going to see one back go off the board and then you're going to see a run. Will that happen in round two? Uh, I don't know. Will it happen around three? I think for sure. I think we're going to see a huge run in round three of these running backs from round three into round four. We'll see like anywhere from six to like 10 of them go in like a 50 pick range, which is, I don't know if I'd consider that normal, but they have a nice like group of dudes with some high-end talents that if they translate and if they hit at the next level are going to be very 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 good so i've been yapping for a minute we got to tuck the shirt these fucking traps let's get it So the running backs that I talk about today will be in the timestamps down below. I know a lot of you guys are going to get mad. I will not be covering Jalen Wright out of Tennessee. I will not be covering Audric Estime. I believe that's how you say it, out of Notre Dame. I have not done enough work on them. That is not to say that they will not be in my top six, or top five, or top three. I just haven't been comfortable with the amount of work I've put in on them as prospects to yap about them yet. But I promise you by the time the combine wraps up, I will have done that work and you will get me yapping about them. So my RB1 in this class is Jonathan Brooks out of Texas. He is my RB1. 
one. I am putting him in a tier of his own. He is 20 years old. And that's another cool thing about this class. You got a lot of young dudes, all right? There are uh, some older dudes like Blake Corum is an excellent back when it comes to vision, lacks high-end explosiveness. I don't know why I'm talking about Blake Corum already, but he's like over the 23-year-old mark, which is a little bit of a red flag if you're a running back coming into the NFL, especially relative to Jonathan Brooks, who's 20 years old, Braylon Allen, who is 20 years old. This is a class with a lot of size and a lot of youth, which is equally exciting. So Jonathan Brooks is 20 years old. Now he had his breakout year this year. The biggest red flag, of course, is that he tore his ACL in November. Okay. So that is concern number one. Do we see Jonathan Brooks at 100% during his rookie year? It's very unlikely that we see it off the rip, maybe the second half of the year. Again, his big leverage point here is that he is 20 years old. So by the time he is fully healthy from that ACL tear, if it's not quicker, because we see a lot of dudes recover very quickly, it will be when he's 21 years old, all right? When most backs come into the league anyway. So I'm not really too concerned about the age. He can get drafted into a spot. I know in a mock draft that I did uh, a rookie dynasty draft off of last week, he went like 39th overall to the Giants, which I think is like a cool spot early second round because Saquon could play for one more year maybe he'll you know learn under him and then take the reins which is where I'm looking for him to go I want him to go to a spot where he can be the guy underneath the guy for a year and then become the guy Jonathan Brooks the way I look at him he is smooth criminal he is in tier one by himself RB1 by himself in the smooth criminal tier he is smooth he is decisive he is really good at leaning on his blocks and then cutting the other way it's like he sets up the linebackers behind his blocks like faking going one way and cutting he's he's he reminds me a lot of Aaron Jones. He reminds me a lot of Aaron Jones. That would be his high-end comp for me. He's in that like Tajay Spears type mold. I think if we see him flop, it'll be in the mold of like a Chase Edmonds type beat where he's athletic, he's smooth, he's proven at the college level he could be a workhorse. He only really had the one-year breakout, but that was obviously sitting behind Bijan, and he was sitting behind Roshan Johnson at Texas. So this was his first year as the workhorse back, and I, I loved what I saw on tape. His metrics hit pretty much every mark that I'm looking for broken plus missed tackles force per attempt up in the 27.4 percent range his elusiveness rating is very high he has a great pass blocking grade number one in this class amongst the guys that i've graded yards per outrun in the 1.45 yard mark range which again is number one against all the running backs in this class he is six foot 207 so these are the things that we will also be looking at as the combine like i love to see the weights i love to see the sizes i love to see the heights i love to see how fast these dudes are in underwear pause that's what gets me excited about the combine is like we will get a real weigh-in like he's six foot 207 that is pretty low bmi because he's a little bit tall to be uh that low in weight but if he comes in at like 511 202 i'm like ah okay i'm a little bit scared of that in that like low 202 range but if he comes in at 511 213 i feel a lot better about his bmi there all right so jonathan brooks is a guy i will be keeping my eye on for the combine but again he is a three down back in my eyes really really smooth in the passing game just a uh, very very smooth runner again Aaron Jones type of game to me next up on this list and I kind of put him in a tier of his own but I also think he could probably be in the uh, with the three and four that I have on this list and those the three and four fit together so perfectly that I put them in a tier not talent wise but just like their stylistic way of playing but my number two is Braylon Allen out of Wisconsin now what you'll hear about Braylon Allen right off the rip is his size this dude is fucking huge he's like 6'2 238 I don't know what he's gonna weigh in at the combine I would hope and I imagine it's gonna be a little bit lighter so that he could run a little bit faster but I also think here, here's my takeaway from Braylon Allen I think a lot of people went straight away and were like uh to the lazy comp of AJ Dillon I wanted nothing to do with AJ Dillon coming out of school I didn't think he was a good runner I thought he was like obviously powerful but I thought he brought 
very little else to the game outside of his size. Braylon Allen, to me, is kind of the opposite. One, again, I told you, he's 20 years old. This kid is extremely fucking young. He will quite literally be the youngest NFL player to step foot on a football field next season. Like, that that's actually a fact, which is awesome, and it's mind-blowing, and it's cool if you're a dynasty player. So Braylon Allen, with, with the way I felt about A.J. Dillon, the opposite. He is a good running back that happens to be 238 pounds. A.J. Dillon felt like people forced themselves to say he was a good running back because he was 230 pounds. He's another dude that I felt had very good understanding of leverage. He is way more nimble. Listen, I went into this tape expecting to think it was A.J. Dillon. I went into this tape being like, I know I'm not going to like this dude. This feels like another dude that people are only going to like because of his size. I was very pleasantly surprised. He is way more nimble than I expected for his size. He is shifty for his size. And he uses a very good balance of power and shiftiness. Like he doesn't, he, just because he's 235, 240, he actually does not overuse that as like his only move and his only go-to. Does he always make the first guy miss? No, That I think that's part of the size problem is that you are a little less elusive, but I've got no problem with his elusiveness. Like I think when he's in open field, when he needs to make a one-on-one -on -one guy miss, you, you don't know what kind of bag he's pulling from. He can hit you with a stiff arm to the face, but he can also get side to side. He can also get shifted. So my upper tier comp for Braylon Allen is Joe Mixon. I think Joe Mixon more, I, I think like the, the the sentiment on Joe Mixon has definitely cooled down over the last like two to three years. When he came into the league, because of his combine, people thought he was this like incredibly explosive, crazy athletic running back. When I think we've seen, Joe Mixon is way more like ferocious and powerful than he is really like shifty and, and agile and lateral, right? And that's kind of the feeling I get with Braylon Allen, where I think people put Joe Mixon into this box where they were like, oh, he's going to be this like 224, 4-4 guy that like hits breakaway home run speed. And, and we never see that from him. He gets through a lot of defenders through a way of power and his physicality. And he was a second round pick too. So Braylon Allen reminds me of Joe Mixon on a very high end scale. He's not a liability in the passing game whatsoever. Actually, he's a sneaky good route runner, uh, to be quite frank with you. But he's not like an upper echelon type receiver, in my opinion. He caught 28 balls last year, which is a very, very high mark. The rest of his numbers are pretty mid, to be honest with you, like 3.8 yards after contact per attempt. A good raw number, but relative to the other running backs, not great. Uh, broken plus missed tackles forced per attempt. 21% right in the middle. He's definitely not overly explosive, but I actually think even weighing in at like 235, I think he has a chance to run from like a 4.54 to like a 4.58 in that range, which would give him a really, really strong speed score. So again, the high-end comp for Allen would be Joe Mixon. Some mid-comps I have for him are like Deonta Foreman, who if you got, if any of y'all are old enough to remember Foreman coming out of Texas back in the day, he was fucking awesome. Foreman was this like powerful back, but like subtly shifty and can make dudes miss. And obviously suffered the torn Achilles, which derailed his professional career until like very recently. But mid comp, I had him as like Tyler Algier, Deonta Foreman. And then if we wanted to give him uh, a flop comp, I would have said someone like Royce Freeman. We don't have a ton of like 230 pound backs as a sample size. So Royce Freeman, I feel like was really cool coming out of uh, college at Oregon. He was relatively explosive, big bowling ball type of back. Um, so Royce Freeman was my flop comp for him. Now, these next two dudes are some of the like highest bust rate, but highest ceiling type players. The tier I have for them is quote unquote athletic and awesome, but need glasses badly. And what I mean by that is like, we've seen this type of tier, this type of running back that have all the athleticism in the world. They're explosive, they're raw, they're fun to watch, 
but they have clear fucking vision problems at the line of scrimmage where they miss giant holes. That can be fine. Like we have seen players like this succeed in fantasy football, but very rarely do we see them do that over a long period of time. They have breakout seasons, but a lot of the times it is surrounded by a shit season beforehand or a shit season afterhand. I'm talking about the dudes like Miles Sanders, DeAndre Swift. These dudes come in blow the combine away are super athletic people like a lot of what they saw on tape but a lot of people had warranted concerns about miles sanders's vision as a running back deandre swift's vision as a running back their explosiveness and their over-the-top athletic traits can take them a long way in the nfl but as you could see like no one ever questioned their athleticism their explosiveness but their decision making is questionable and a lot of times these guys when in bad situations it doesn't work out for fantasy you look at miles sanders like good rookie year the next two years were like injury riddled and, and disappointing then he had the huge year in 2022 and then he got fucking benched for chuba hubbard last year and he's 26 years old it's not like he hit the age apex he just that was the type of runner he was he didn't go from like amazing in 2022 to just terrible last year he was the same runner just different situation so the next two guys i have up and i do have them ranked accordingly i have marshawn lloyd out of usc he's my rb3 he is 5'9 210 so a nice compact build and then i have trey benson out of florida state 6'1 215 so looking at some raw numbers here, uh, Marshawn Lloyd averaged 7.1 yards per carry. In USC's offense, he was playing with Caleb Williams. You could imagine the holes were fucking massive up front for him, which came as no surprise. But his raw metrics were very, very good as well. Almost four yards after contact per attempt, 37.1 broken plus missed tackles forced per attempt. His elusiveness rating through the fucking roof. His percentage of runs that went for 15 or more yards through the fucking roof. Pass blocking, terrible. His attribution in the passing game, not great last year, but just in terms of volume. When you look at like his efficiency and his yards per reception, super highly recruited to South Carolina, but he tore his ACL in 2020, sl very slow out of the gate in 2021, still recovering from it. And by the time it was 2022, he kind of started to have his breakout. Then he transferred to USC where he had his full breakout. But I want to jump into some film to let y'all know, because everyone's going to see Marshall. You, you turn on his highlights, you're like, what the fuck? This guy is actually the second coming of a DeAndre Swift. But I want to I want to jump in and let you guys know what I'm talking about when it when it comes to vision concerns that I feel like usually play themselves out at the next level. OK, so this is the first play that I want to show you guys. And these film breakdowns uh, are courtesy of Dynasty Nerds. You have to be a part of their membership. So shout out to the Dynasty Nerds, DynastyNerds.com. They have the film prospect room. 100% worth it. If you're someone that watches film, they have a ton of all 22 breakdown, uh, which is super dope and helpful for me during these types of videos. Now, this is the first play that I'm going to show you guys. This is Marshawn Lloyd in the backfield right here. There's five guys up front and you'll see a much better view when you get to all 22. But you can see from this angle, like the holes that are opening up here are fucking especially one back here. But let's just the play run out and then we'll go to the all 22. So here are where like my vision concerns start a little bit. OK, so he takes the handoff and I get it. There's this hole here. But you should be able to read that your blocker, that your blocker here very clearly has leverage inside that way. He's pushing his guy that way. By the time you take the ball, like you should see this guy heading that way. Look at this fucking hole here. Like a quick little cutback gets you 14 yards probably. But instead, he continues to go straight into the belly of the beast here where there's leverage by this blocker. And that hole closes up quickly from the guy coming inside. Boom. And his tape is just riddled with decisions like this all over the place where I'm like, OK, you know what? Maybe you're not going to be mad about a three yard run, but you did leave for someone that athletic. You'd like to see him utilize it a little bit better. And if we take it back now, I, I don't necessarily think there's something too wrong with these plays, but I will say this is his style of play where he bounces runs outside very fucking often where this is a play where this guy's 
pulling over the trap. And obviously there's no uh, blocker here. So someone missed a block here and he bounces it outside. So not much he could realistically do there. And he turns it into a positive game, which is great. At the next level though, you're going to find problems where like the very next day, uh, the very next play, he does a similar thing where he's taking the sweep. And as you can see, he's going up the middle first, and then he decides, hey, I'm going to bounce it outside. But you'll be able to see like this guy already has leverage over this blocker. This guy is already heading that way. And there's not much he could do. Again, he's getting swamped, swarmed in the backfield. But here's probably where you just put your head down and gain those three to four yards right here. But instead, he says, nah, I'm, I'm him. Let me do this. And let me lose two extra yards. So again, someone that athletic, it's going to work sometimes. It's not going to work sometimes, but this is the type of, you're, you're dealing with a very boomer bust type run where, you know, if the coaching staff doesn't like that, you're, you're talking about Dan Campbell with DeAndre Swift. It's the reason why he didn't play. You're talking about some guys in Philadelphia. It's the reason why Miles Sanders started to get benched. It's the reason why these things happen a lot of the time because they see enough of these plays and they're like, just get the fucking yards, my guy. So here, I mean, you could argue that he could just get skinny and get three yards there or whatever. Instead, he wants to cut, which again, athletic. I, I have no problem with it. Again, another like area where you could just put your head down and get three to four yards there. But nope, I want to get outside again and lose some yardage. Again, this is like I'm, I'm, I'm nitpicking plays, but this is all the same game. And this is all over his tape. Now, I want to give him some flowers as well. This is the a lot of the type of stuff we saw in this offense where, again, you have Caleb Williams there. It's a little bit easier on, on your life as a running back. So they're running an option play here where as soon as it snapped, this edge, this edge, both guys who might serve as a contain man immediately break right inside, which makes Marshawn Lloyd's life a lot easier. So as long as a wide receiver is blocked, like this hole is going to be fucking massive. So this stuff like this is what I think attributed to a lot of his like 7.1 yard per carry mark, which is a little bit crazy. But as you can see, like Caleb Williams, like immediately, okay, Marshawn Lloyd's out there six yards away from any defense. Gets on that pitch. But this is what he does well. Like he is super fucking explosive. Gets it, beats the one man, and he's out. That's the type of stuff he adds to your offense. Both guys crash inside like fucking idiots gone i'm fat i'm white i ain't chasing marshawn Lloyd. all right here's another play uh a few plays later so he's in the backfield again snapped this guy pulls i i'm a little bit torn about this play i i just feel like i get it you might have seen this guy coming from the end but i i just don't really see how this is a this feels like a better option like imagine being a running back and seeing this hole here and deciding to just plow right there I, I don't know. This guy's leveraged that way. This guy's leveraged that way. This guy's leveraged down that way. Like, just, just sure, this guy might be clearing up this hole, but I also think you're fast enough to just beat him straight up the middle. If not, it's just a clear one-on-one -on -one move. But no, he takes it in there. Again, he's like, ah, I don't like it. Let me try to bounce the outside here. That's just, that stuff's, it's, that stuff's the stuff that, like, really makes me go back and forth on him. Like, if he takes that hole, he this might be a 70-yard touchdown. Here's one more quick one. I, I swear I'll stop shitting on Marshawn Law. He's my RB3. I, I like the dude, but I'm just letting you know what the concerns are up front. Here's uh, one last play against Notre Dame. Again, this is all versus Notre Dame, so you're seeing, like, what you're seeing on film. Here's a play where it's a simple hand up, uh, handoff up the middle. And right now, like, this blocker doesn't necessarily have leverage one way or another. But this hole, I mean, I'm not sure like why you would go this way when this guy's crashing down, but you have this hole here, which I think you can probably just stiff arm this guy a little bit and hit that and be gone. He does start to to win. He, you know, he's patient. He starts to win leverage a little bit that way so I can understand his thinking, but he already starts going that way. And, and like, would you rather hit this big hole right here or at least try with a blocker or cut back where this guy's completely unblocked? So he decides right here, based on this spot right here, I'm not sure why you would try cutting back here, but he does ends up getting sat down where right into the hole where he probably should have been to begin with. So again, like those are my 
concerns with a guy like Marshawn Lloyd because a lot of the times he tries to just use his athleticism. I don't think he's great with like seeing what his blockers are doing for him and then cutting and, and using those types of things. I think he's more like, I'm going to do what I do, and hopefully the play works out well. And because he's so athletic and explosive, it does a lot of the time. Trey Benson, the next dude up on this list out of Florida State, he falls into the same type of tier for me as Marshawn Lloyd just did, where 6'1", 215, 21 years old, has, he's just like awesome to watch a lot of the time, but he does a lot of the same shit that Marshawn Lloyd does, where he bounces, runs outside way too often. I don't think he's like explosive or as athletic as Marshawn Lloyd does, so it doesn't work as well for him. But like when he hits the big home run play, you're like, oh, that's the ceiling of this this type of dude. You look at his numbers and there's not a lot of impressive marks really to go off of. He started his career at Oregon two years, got almost zero run there, transferred to Florida State where he became the guy for all intents and purposes. Never cracked a thousand yards on the ground, but didn't really have a ton of rushing attempts anyways. Was pretty good in the passing game. Won't really be a liability there. Soft, natural hands. But I want to jump back into the tape again just to highlight some of the runs that I was concerned about, similar to Marshawn Lloyd. We'll start with a bunch of plays where he just continuously bounces runs outside it's like this this shit ain't gonna fly in the nfl brother my brother in christ i get it not great blocking but there are plenty of opportunities to kind of just put your head down and and fucking take the l not lose 72 yards now the florida game let's look at the very first play let's not do that let's not do that sir let's not do that what a weird angle. So again, like very like what on earth are we doing? Just just hit that hole, sir. Like it never closes. It never once closes. Never still. It's like a five second hole. What are you waiting for, sir? And he tries to bounce it outside. Just just doesn't work in SEC games. Doesn't work at the NFL level. So let's look at the very next play. The very fir the first two plays of this game. Again, I get it. Like, it's, you know, I want to take the one-on-one, -on -one, see if I could beat him to the outside. Could just take the three, four yards there. Here's a play against Miami. Now, he turns this into a positive play, but, like, let's just watch it. Well, not, not exactly a positive, but one-yard play. My problem with this play, realistically, is, again, it's like it, it's kind of a habit for him where he gets it and he immediately decides. Like, he has the ball here and he, he comes back backwards immediately he says i'm not even i'm not waiting for anything to open up here i'm not going to see what's, what if there's a hole that develops here i'm not going to see if there's a hole that develops here i am going this way and going outside immediately like if you watch it from the bigger angle it's easier to see what i'm saying like within the first second of this play he immediately takes the course where it goes backwards and then outside it's like a you'll see on this plane here he's going this way and then he goes backwards see there and he's like i don't give a fuck what's happening on my offensive line i'm beating everybody to the outside maybe that's how the play is designed but i can't imagine that's a good habit to develop again with that being said trey benson has a lot of awesome awesome plays on his tape but he has a lot of those types of plays littered within and i think it's my responsibility to hit you guys with reservations because at this time of the year Everybody loves everybody. Every You can't get higher on Trey Benson than this guy. Oh, wait, hold on. No, he's my RB1. Like, everyone needs to top everyone in terms of how much they like a player. So sometimes I need to bring y'all back down to earth a little bit. And that's what I'm doing, Marshawn Lloyd and Trey Benson. In this tier, they are boomer bus runners to me with some awesome fucking plays that will have explosion plays, that will have plays that say, ooh, this guy's the best runner in the class until he does shit like that, like the very next play, which will take us quickly into my RB5s and six, which uh, this tier is like a better in real life tier 
and uh, they lack high-end traits to be a real fantasy contributor in my mind, okay? So we have Blake Quorum out of Michigan, 5'8", 208. We're talking about a very, very compact build. Again, over 23 years old, so he's older. He's got more experience. This dude, he does. He has zero high-end traits in terms of athleticism. I don't. I don't imagine him testing very well. I don't imagine him like weighing in at 218 or anything like that. Five eight, so he's small. His vision and his like understanding of the play is probably the best in this class. Like he, I, I don't know if I've. I, I watched probably five games of him. I don't think I ever saw him make a, a, a the wrong play. He does not make the wrong read. Does not make the wrong play. He was six foot two twenty and ran a four four. He'd probably be my RB one in this because of his actual pure running ability is up there. It's just as good as anybody in this class. I just think he's going to end up being kind of slow, kind of unathletic. Where it's like, okay, you can put together nice strings of games and you can have a nice game, but like very unlikely that you are a long standing veteran in this league. So my comp for him was Damian uh, Damian Pierce, probably a little bit shiftier, like Blake Quorum. He's compact, but he's not like powerful. I don't really think he moves the uh, the huddle too much. But I think there are plays where he gets really low to the ground, similar to like uh, Maurice Jones Drew. He's which is way more athletic, but like in the way that he would make his body compact and he'd be able to go from like here all the way over there while being like three feet tall. He he has some of that into him. So Blake Corum, my top end comp was like Damian Pierce, maybe Damian Harris ish. Uh, Zach Moss was a mid comp for me. And then like a flop comp would be maybe Amir Abdullah, who's a little bit more athletic and explosive than him. But that's where Blake Horn falls in. And then I have Bucky Irving out of Oregon. Now, people, I think this is another guy that people are going to get like really hyped about where Bucky's probably going to come in under 200 pounds, uh, like 5'9", 5'10", 190, 195 pounds. I know people are like Devon A-Chain. Yeah, Bucky, Bucky's not running Devon A-Chain type. Uh, type numbers at the combine. So again, Bucky Irving, I think he's going to be a time and place type player. You're going to look at the stats and you're going to say, whoa, this guy is shifty as shit. 34.1% broken tackle plus missed tackles force. This guy caught 55 balls. Yards per route run, 1.2. Not overly impressive, but he played 9.3% of his snaps in the slot and 13.2% outside. So he is a weapon in an offense. But very rarely do we ever see weapons really actualize in the NFL. I also, I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. I think, um, I thought he was going to be a little bit more explosive. So maybe I'm wrong here, but I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good at having a handle on what a guy's going to run based on his tape. And I wasn't like overly blown away from Bucky Irving's like long speed. It definitely was lacking relative to what I thought it was going to be. So I feel like he might disappoint on the 40 yard dash, especially relative to his size, like his weight adjusted speed score, I think is going to be disappointing. And this dude takes some like major fucking hits, like incredibly big hits for his size. He does not know how to protect himself. Um, and some of the holes that he saw were massive. Okay. Some of the holes he saw were like the way the Oregon offense is set up and that spread offense, they were huge, but he, he is elusive. He makes the first guy miss often. I'm just worried about his prototype. Like I think high end comp for him could be like a geo or a Devin Singletary where he could play all three downs and could definitely fill in and have like good games. But he reminds me way more of like Kenneth Gainwell, where everybody was like, again, fake oversaturated about how amazing he was coming out of college because his college production was crazy. But like just watching the film tells the real story to me. I was not hyped about Kenneth Gainwell. I thought he was a super average runner. I thought he was a below average runner and that played itself out in the NFL. Bucky Irving, I think, is a little bit better of a runner than Gainwell, but he's a little bit worse in the passing game than Gainwell. So Irving overall is a good running back, but he's small, uh, has a ton of shift to his game. He's constantly forcing missed tackles. 
He does a good job of like reading his blocks and and understanding leverage in the runs. Good in the passing game as a receiver, not good at blocking. Overall, I think he just lacks the explosiveness to offset like my size concerns that warrant a big workload at the next level. I don't really think he'll ever see a big workload at the next level. I think he'll fit in as a role player somewhere, realistically. Not every fucking player is going to be an RB1 in fantasy. Most guys end up being RB27, RB37, RB47, and that's where I think Bucky eventually. So those are the six guys I wanted to break down today. This went a lot longer than I thought it would. But if you enjoyed this type of video, I will gladly do it again. These are actually super enjoyable for me to make quite therapeutic actually so subscribe to the channel to let me know that you want to keep watching these and then comment down below what running backs i should be looking into obviously audrick estimate i need to figure out that fucking name and then um jalen wright and then some other dudes that are a little bit lesser known and i will make sure that i dive into the film and try to break some sheesh down for y'all so again subscribe to the channel if you're new hit the thumbs up button if you enjoyed drop a comment for us and i'll see y'all uh on thursday for our next group podcast which is breaking down trades that you guys submitted you could always submit your trades via discord at any time just take a screenshot throw it into the fantasy football channel hit it with a hashtag and we'll hit it goodbye